Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello everyone and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast from Dallas Sports Nation. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd. All right, everybody. So let's get going. This one's going to be spring training take three. Spring training take three. Hey, this is a special one because I don't have not one, but I've got both of the Texas Power Hour are here tonight. We got not only JC. Hey, JC, what's going on? Man, what's up, Big John? Recliner nerd, we are back. Yeah, not only I don't only got you tonight, but I got Rudy. RDA is in the house. RDA, what's going on, bud? Oh, you know, enjoying another great day here in the great state of Texas. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, RDA, you weren't here last week when we did the show, so I figured I'd, I'd start out with you real quick. We just mm-hmm. go over it. I, I think you saw the top 20 countdown. I know you had, you had commented on it. You guys talked about it. Was, did I miss anybody? Anything? Uh, your thoughts on it? Anybody you thought I missed out on or questions on anybody? Not really. I mean, that's one thing that we went over on our show. I mean, you did a fantastic job on going 20 through one. I mean, it was an actual phenomenal series that I, I recommend it to any and everybody that watches baseball. The only thing, I mean, I was I was very curious is are you having Kyle Cody at number six? I, I was hoping that I, maybe he'd be in the top three. I was wondering, wanting to see your thoughts on why you had him at number six. Well, so you thought he should have been higher or should have been lower? A little bit, well, I guess higher in the aspect of a little bit closer to number one. A little bit. So one of the reasons, there's a couple of them that I had in there that that could probably go higher, but right now they're dealing with injuries. And Mm -hmm. Kyle Cody, in fact, he might be somebody. I'm going to update this as the year goes. I'm probably going to come in and maybe about a month into the season we'll revisit. Only it'll just be a – It'll just be a listing them, and then if somebody falls in or somebody falls out, I'll just kind of do a, a quick overview. Uh, you know how I wrote everything about everybody? I'll, I'll write up the new guys. Other than that, we'll just move them around and tell. Cody's somebody that could potentially slip. Um, he's not expected to be back on the mound probably till about midseason at best. Um, yeah. and it might even be the end of the year. And it's not because he's not a good pitcher. It's that he might slip. It just might be if people perform like we hope, they could pass him up easily while he's getting his feet wet again and getting back in it. Okay, all right. Well, like I said, I I was wanting to see because I was like, you know what, at number six, that that makes a lot of sense. Don't get me wrong. It it really does. But I know I've read a few other articles, and a lot of people like to talk about him quite a bit. So I was like, I I wonder why he has my number six. And I mean, you always get an explanation, so I appreciate that. No, no, yeah, it was just purely – purely out of injury um it, it, uh, if it wasn't for injury he would uh he, he would have been uh higher on the list because honestly he's one of those guys had he not got injured he'd be right there with hernandez palumbo uh 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 brock uh uh also brock and all of them that are right on the on the verge of getting in here so um you know that that he didn't i tell you what but uh brock right now is is just totally climbing up real quick i mean he's had one heck of a spring and we'll get into that a little later but uh uh that that's the only reason he didn't he didn't go down on there uh brock burke burke i keep forgetting burke's name um anyway so 
All right. Well, we got that. I wanted your 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 take on it. I know that you uh, didn't get a chance to join us uh, last week, so I wanted to make sure that you know I, I appreciated what you guys said. But so into that, did you guys see the my first prediction for the twenty five man roster? Yeah, I mean, and it was really interesting because you see a you see a bunch of these names, and uh, you obviously seen them from the past. You know, obviously Hunter Pence is a newer name, probably going to be one of the more popular players. He's you know, from San Francisco, he's always been one of the more more of the fan favorites and everything. And obviously, you have a, you, this is a roster you really, um, I guess, mixed in with the youth and the veterans. If you kind of look at it, you have, I mean, you have Elvis, you have Asdrubal Cabrera. You know, talking about the the um, the veterans along with Hunter Pence, Shinsu Chu, and uh, really kind of go through the lineup, then the rotation. Rotation has a lot of age, a lot of experience on it. And, you know, and some yeah. sometimes that's a really good thing. And sometimes, you know, in this situation, it's not so hot because Mike Miner was actually named the, the you know, the opening day starter, you know, just yeah. like you predicted, number Yesterday, one. Yeah. I'd like to think I have inside scoop on that, but it was kind of funny that yesterday they did come out and name him the, the opening day starter, which I think most of us assumed it was going to be him or Lynn. Lance Lynn, because those are the two that actually pitched last year. And minor, that might be the biggest one of the biggest coup that uh, John Daniels has pulled off by signing uh, Mike Minor, because he's still got two more years, and uh, he's been phenomenal in the spring. Yeah, look, going into the season, I mean, like I said, many people probably didn't see Mike Minor starting, but good thing that we have the recliner nerd to come up here and put these articles together before anybody else. So that was a phenomenal call on your side of things. But on the outfield, I mean. I see you got Joey Gallo, obviously, Delonda Shields. How do you think Delonda Shields is going to do after, you know, that injury knocked him off quite a bit last season? How do you think this year is going to go for him? Well, you know, he's had a he's had an absolutely – in fact, he's he had a pretty good day today. Uh, he – let me see. I, I, I had that. He played today, and I think he got a couple of hits. Uh, yeah, he was two for three. He's hitting 308 right now uh, wow. in, in, in the uh, – in spring training. But uh, so he's – Look, I've always thought last year his defense was amazing. I mean, he 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 came back up. His defense really improved. He's still not a pure center fielder, I don't think. But he for for what the Rangers are asking him to do, he he's really shown that he's trying to take control of that. And that's another one of those Rule Five things. You know, he's both of the competing center fielders we have, which is him and the other one. Well, they say right now if if the Shields doesn't play center field with the roster that I have that I put together right? Uh, the, in my prediction, the, the backup center fielder in my thing that I have is, is uh, Joey Gallo, um, you know, with Hunter Pence and, and Will, Willie Calhoun, those aren't center fielders. Uh, uh, Woody's come out and said, he's, he, he's comfortable putting Joey Gallo. That just shows you what kind of an athlete Gallo is at six, five, 230 pounds. And he said, I'm willing to put him in center field. That means he's got the athletic ability. So the, the other true center fielder that's got a shot to make this team has had a good spring is Tochi. And, uh, and and both of them are they, they're kind of comparable because both Tochi and the Shields were rule five pickups where you you know they're not protected on a 40 man roster. The Rangers picked them up. They had to keep them all year long. And uh, if they didn't keep them on the major league uh, roster all year long, they had to give them back to the team or offer them back. And they did that and kept both of them and now they're our property and and you know, uh, the Shields is paying off, and Tochi's 
you know, keeping him up's looking good. I mean, this guy might break. He might be a spoiler. Yeah, and, you know, Tochi actually has a 400 on base percentage right now through the spring. And like you said, he's having a pretty good spring. Him and the Shields actually are both hitting 308 right now. Yeah, and both of them. See, and this team looking for a true center fielder. I mean, like you said, Delano Shields, great athlete, great player, great leadoff man. Really underrated if you think about it throughout the entire league. But he's not a true center fielder. I think if Tochi, like we said, we, we talked about this last time. If Tochi can keep, can find a way to improve on the offensive side, I think he could be a really good rotational player. Uh, maybe not an everyday center fielder, but I think yeah. he could become a spot start in the center field position. Well, and, I think, and just, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I tell you who he reminds me of, and it's somebody that, that y'all might remember is Craig Gentry, is who he reminds me of. They're kind exactly. of built the same. Uh, they, they, they're tall, they're slender, they're quick as hell and can run like the wind. And, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that, that Craig Gentry, as fast as he was, he wasn't the fastest guy. He knew how to, he knew how to get to places. He could read a ball off the bat. He, you know, he could run the bases. He had the right angles. So being fast was just the added bonus to the fact that he knew how to do it. He could fly around those bases and Gentry would have some pop every once in a while. He'd hit one about 400 feet if you were going to just throw one down the middle. So that's what he kind of reminds me of. If he'll, if he'll stay with what he's doing, uh, he kind of reminds me of Gentry. And Gentry was a big part of the 2010-2011 World Yeah, I mean, he really wasn't kind of a similar role to what we're talking about Tochi right now, who he could, you know, possibly end up being a solid rotational player. If you need rest days for your starters, say, you know, just shields of, uh, Gallo and Mazzara, anybody like that? Because I mean, let's be honest, Gallo and Mazzara, nobody else is going to be able to place in the field. Nobody has the speed to cover that that much ground. But yeah. I mean, do you see Bubba Thompson or Julio uh, Pablo Martinez, you know, stepping up and maybe could be that center fielder of the future? Do you see either one of them being a true center fielder? Well, if 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 any of those two are, I mean, they both are true center fielders. I tell you what, you know, this year. The, the team to watch is going to be down east, the down east Wood Ducks, uh, because the outfield's going to have Bubba Thompson, it's going to have JP Martinez, and it's going to it's going to start the year with JP Martinez, um, Bubba Thompson, and it's going to have Leody Tavares. Um, those are the three that'll probably start in that outfield. They'll they'll rotate around in center field. Tavares and JP Martinez are both uh, are both true center fielders. Bubba's a center fielder, but I think with his size, they 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 kind of envision him moving over to a corner outfield spot probably uh, in the future. But, but he, yes, he can play center field and he is athletic enough to do it. But, you know, Tavares was one that the top prospect the last couple of years and, and uh, JC, you and I talked about that, how he has slid back to 10, but uh, uh, right now he's hitting 429. He's gotten five games he's played in um, for the Rangers and he's hitting 429 in the major league camp. Now he's, He's just coming over as a fill-in. He didn't get invited to Major League Camp, but they'll run over to those blue fields over there, and they'll grab a couple players to come over and finish late in the game in the spring. Yeah. Um, and he's come over and made the most of them. Um, you know, he's, he's, showing, he's showing the bat now, and, and that's just been the problem and why he slipped, but he's always been so young. So that's three guys right there. You know, the, the one that's the closest that I think has the potential to get here the quickest of those three is Martinez because he's 22. He's played in Cuba. Um, you know, he played in that, uh, that, that 
Arizona Fall League and did real well. He was there for about two weeks and did really well. Um, so he'll start out, but he, he could be in Frisco, uh, you know, by June or July if he's raking, you know, if he's tearing it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I really like that. Yeah. And then, I'll, you know, I, so I think some of the battles we're seeing right now, I, I you know, I put Kyle Bird in there. I said that Kyle Bird would be the bullpen. Uh, I, I think I'm pretty – He's, he's the one I'm a little more nervous about him. And uh, I think the other one is Patrick wisdom who I've got a lot riding on wisdom, but he, he's, uh, <laughs> he's going to have to do something, but, but uh, you know, they, they've got uh, Jeffrey Springs might be the guy that replaces uh, Kyle bird as that left-hander in that bullpen. He's had a better spring uh, and bird was part of that. He's part of the three, you know, there's three guys we got in the profile trade uh, and, or we got four, but there's three of them that legitimately could be in the major leagues this year. And we talked about that last week and Kyle bird was the one that I thought would break camp and I've got him there now, but I'll tell you, I'm going to revise this every week uh, with, with different moves. And right now bird may slip out and Jeffrey Springs might move back in. I'll tell you another name. i tell you what, speaking of spoilers uh, is Brett Martin and Brett Martin used to be a top 20 prospect. He was a starting pitcher. And last year he started out and he had gotten hurt and he came back from Tommy John. He, he came back last year, started out in, uh, in Frisco and just got lit up like a candle. I mean, everything he threw was like he was playing slow pitch softball. Um, and, but he about halfway through the year, they moved him to the bullpen and, uh, and left-hander coming out of the bullpen. He's a big guy. Those hard. Uh, but I'm telling you what, he's killing spring. He's in big league camp. And, uh, He's had an amazing spring. Uh, he, he's uh, – I don't think he's been scored on yet if, if I'm if – I'm, yeah, he's not. He's got – he's pitched five and a half innings. He struck out seven in five innings. He's uh, – and he hadn't been scored on yet. And uh, they've only gotten one hit off of him. So, uh, that's a guy to watch. Uh, you know, that, that guy has made a name for himself again. He's climbing back up because he was a good arm. Yeah. And, dude, I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe we're on the same page, but – I had a whole paragraph written about Brett Martin. He just totally stole my thunder. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Brett Martin, he was like you said, he was a former high draft pick. He was, I mean, he got lit up. I think he had something for like a seven over seven ERA, like seven point something ERA. Yeah. And uh, they just, you know, it just wasn't clicking for him. And like you said, moving to the bullpen, strong left-handed, and uh, he developed a he developed a pretty good uh, breaking ball last year. So. They really helped with them, you know, trying to get a hit and miss at the plate and whatnot. And you, right. and you really see it coming together this spring. So he could be a guy, like you said, that could be, that should be on everybody's radar. And, uh, man, you, like I said, you just stole my thunder, man. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the nerd that knows that my, my brain just goes running off in a direction. And when I, when I did, but Martin, you know, you're right. And Martin is one that ended with Frisco last year, but he there's a good chance the way he's pitching now, he'll probably start out in Nashville. Okay. Um, one one player I know my boy RDA was talking about was Jose Leclerc. So what can you tell us about him? He just signed his uh he just signed an extension with the Rangers for about fourteen million dollars. Four years. Yeah, four years, fourteen million plus he's got two options. Uh so he's technically he's got a chance for six. Um and boy, you're talking about team friendly. Of course, this is pretty early to sign somebody. He's still he hasn't even reached arbitration yet. 
but the Rangers know what they saw, um, and they're smart. Um, I think even a lot of people thought that we should trade him because of the haul that we'd get back and be better than Kayla, uh, Keone Kayla. Uh, but this is team friend. Hey, this is what you do when you're rebuilding. When you hit, you lock it in. And, it, 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 you know, it can only – look, they've got him for a team-friendly deal. He is now set for life. He's going to make $14 million guaranteed in four years. If you can't be set for life with that, um, you know, he was so <laughs> emotional at his press conference. Um, he, he just was eager and happy to, to uh, sign the deal. Um, and if, if we blow up and it's not where we think and it's going to take longer than they think, He's a, he's a very affordable trade piece that will be enticing to anybody that's looking to get a bullpen piece while they're competing uh, probably next year, would, but not this year. He ain't going anywhere this year. Unless, let me be clear, it, everybody is tradable. We've learned that. Um, and, and John Daniels will never shut the door. I mean, he's got people that, you know, look, LeClerc is, is – the most likely now not to get traded, but don't get me wrong. If somebody walks in and says, you have my top 10 prospects one through 10 to, for Leclerc. I mean, you're an idiot unless, you know, it's some organization that the top 10 doesn't even rank in the top 30 for us. Other than that, you're, you know, you're just, he's, he's not going anywhere. Man. Well, like I said, you always bring up great points. So real quick, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on these two guys because they're both young guys that John Daniels okay. plans to build around. And they both play in the outfields coincidentally. Nomar Mazzara and Joey Gallo, two outfielders that, for the most part, almost every Ranger fan knows. Which one of these two guys yep. do you think is going to have the better year this season? Gallo. Gallo. Why is that? Yeah. Gallo, Gallo's got the most upside of the other. Mazzara's great. Let me tell you what. I love Mazzara. He's somebody that I would like to see him lock in. But I'm going to be honest with you. If you're looking right now at my – at my roster predictions of the five outfielders I have, believe it or not, the worst fielder there is, is Mazzara. He's the worst defensive fielder. Um, Joey Gallo is just a complete monster and an athlete. And yes, Joey Gallo is not going to hit 300. It would take him totally readjusting his swing to, to be a 300 hitter, which he could do, but he wouldn't hit 40 or 50 home runs. He would, it, it would decrease tremendously. Joey Gallo needs to hit 230 to 250. He needs his on-base percentage to be up near 350 to 400. His ops immediately grows goes up huge, and and he in that's all-star caliber. I mean, he's hitting that. If he's hitting 240 and he's got 40 to 50 home runs, and he's walking a lot and getting on. And look, a walk's as good as a single. So you can look at your batting average and and think, oh my God, he's hitting 300 and Gallo's hitting 240. But if their on-base percentage is the same, well, then you got to look at the slugging percentage. So Gallo's hitting doubles and home runs, and Mazzaro's hitting a bunch of singles. I mean, who's more popular? Oh, definitely Gallo. Plus, like you said, his athletic ability is definitely what singles him out from everybody. He has that cannon, so if they put him in the back, I mean, he could literally skip everybody and and gun it straight for home base. That's the kind of arm that Joey Gallo has been gifted. And just that power alone. You said it yourself, you get 40, 50 home runs. It just shows you his ability to be able to knock it out of the park, literally. Every time Joey Gallo steps out there, I mean, this guy is a freak of nature. Easily one of my favorite players to watch. But I was curious to see your take on it because I know Nomar Mazzara has slowly been creeping up on people. He's becoming more and more loved by a lot of Ranger fans. 
And I was like, well, he's that. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hey, look, uh, and honestly, Mazzara's more likely to be an MVP uh, because he could, he could have a year where he hits 30 home runs, hits around 300, drives in. You know, nobody even remembers Gallo had the most RBIs last year. So, um, but Mazzara, don't get me wrong, Mazzara, where Mazzara lacks is defense. Um, I think he, there's even talk that he's a, he could be a decent first baseman. He just, his footwork, he's just kind of lumbering out there. The true right fielder on the team is Joey Gallo. With that arm, he's a true right fielder. But you've got Mazzara over there. Uh, because Mazzara can't really play left. It takes a little more athletic to play left, but you got to have the cannon from right. Because the reason they do that is because when you have a guy on second base, you're trying to hit behind him, and you're trying to score him from second base, it's your right fielder that's got to be able to gun him at home. And uh, and so and Gallo can do it. Well, And Mazzara can on the right thing, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, Mazzara, look, if they want to lock both these guys in, I'm a happy camper. Uh, I love both of them. I'm not going to have any problem. But if, if someone's more likely to be traded, it's going to be Mazar. Mm, man, I would not want to see that happen. What do you think? I, I don't. What do you think? But, score? But, but let me tell you what. If we if we were to go in and trade Mazara and get somebody back that is a true, legitimate chance to be an ace or a, a, a part of that starting rotation, as much as I love seeing someone hit home runs and, and do all that, it's 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 pitching and defense that's going to win. It won't hurt you. So, I one bit with it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, okay, so I like I like to break down between those two players. Um, let's let's come back to a player. Um, really not so much talked about. I mean, almost forgotten, but really needs to be remembered. And it's Willie Calhoun. I mean, a big yep. tra- the trade piece for the U Darvish. You know, for U Darvish yep. a couple years ago for from L.A. And really, they didn't have a position for him. He was kind of overweight. He's kind of tubby, tubby. I mean, he had, the, he had. I mean, really, I mean, he's kind of big. They had him at second base in L.A. We brought him out here, and uh, he's really been working in. Uh, I mean, really in the outfield. But does yep. he have a chance to improve? He, this is his, this is a make or break year for Willie Calhoun because this is where you yep. find out what kind of player are you. Can yeah. you be an everyday major league player? Can you? I mean, we know he can hit the ball. Can he be, right. Will he be a, a defensive liability? Because we've seen his upside, we've seen his downside. So what kind of player do you right. think he'll be able to develop into? That I'm really worried about Willie. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, don't be worried about Willie. Um, Willie may be the guy that surpasses Mazzara, and Mazzara may be the one that takes Chu's spot. Uh, when Chu's gone, they, I think everyone kind of figured that uh, – that Willie Calhoun would come in and be a DH and, and he, he would be perfect to fill in for, for uh, Shinsu when Shinsu's finally gone. Um, and, and that's what kind of Calhoun was set up. But if you haven't read or looked at it, uh, Willie Calhoun came in 24 pounds lighter this year. And uh, he, he lost a bunch of weight and they had a come to Jesus talk with him uh, last off season before it started. And he sat down with JD and them and they said, look, um, the, the, the simple situation is, is that you've got to lose some weight and you've got to change some habits. And so he got with a dietitian. Um, he's, he's a big gamer, loves to play video games, loves them and was staying up till three or four or five in the morning playing video games. Now he turns the video games off by eight o'clock. He doesn't eat anything after seven 30. He's talked about it. He said, uh, he said, you know, when you're playing video games at one or two in the morning, you get hungry. What are you going to eat? You're going to eat what's there. And it's usually bad. <laughs> 
And so, uh, and I got a lot of room to talk because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm professionally. That makes two of us. And so, but, but Gallo and Mazzara both have talked about it. John Daniels has talked about it this year. You know, Calhoun's not hitting but about 210 in in spring training. But uh, John Daniels said, it's not about, we know he'll hit. He goes, let me tell you what he's doing now that he's never done. He's on first base and someone hits a single and he's going from first to third without even thinking. And uh, he's beating the throw there every time. Last year, he wasn't doing that. He was going station to station because he, he wasn't confident enough because he was bigger and slower and not able to get over. Uh, he looks good. They said he looks when he's shagging fly balls. The angles out there is just when you lose the weight, you get yourself healthier. He's just looking, looking good. And so if he does, he could be better than Mazzara in the outfield and move Mazzara to the to the DH spot, and, and he might be the outfielder. But I, I don't know. We'll see. That's why I think he'll make this team. Um, you know, it really depends on the bullpen, whether they go with seven or eight uh, in the bullpen. Um, if they go with eight, then he's probably the odd man out because it, it is now becoming clear that Hunter Pence is going to make the team. Man, I love – see, I, I always love talking about these young guys because it gives Rangers fans hope. Obviously, for some reason, we know that we're going to have maybe the rough, a rougher side of the season this year. But having young guys like that, it gives us a, a good vision for what our future lies in. But now let's talk about this. Like Elvis Andrews is the veteran around here, and this will be the first time in I don't even remember how long that Adrian Beltre won't be in here with us. So how big of a role do you think Elvis Andrews has to take in order for the range to withstand a, a chance of making the playoffs this season? Yeah, well, he's he's got to step up and be the he's got to be the leader um, and do that. But he's you know he has said and told people I am not a guy that uh, I'm not a guy that leads. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call the meetings in the dugout. I'm not a guy that does that. But right now he's hitting 500 uh, in spring training. That's one way to be a leader. Yeah. Uh, be professional. Go up there. He's he hit a home run. He's batting 500. He's uh, making the plays. He's doing the work and he's showing these young guys. Hey, I've been here, you know, what, 12 years, you know, 11, 12 years in the major leagues. I'm 31 years old, and this is what you do. And uh, he, he went on vacation with him and his wife, went on vacation with Beltre and his wife this summer, uh, kind of a last hurrah, went together, and, and they talked about it. And I think Beltre was trying to teach him, you know, tell him about being the leader and doing that. But, he, you know, he, he, uh, he, he understood that, look, he's not going to be like me. He's not going to be the guy that opens his mouth. Uh, you know, who's going to do that is who said he wants to be that guy is uh, Shinsu. Uh, he said, I, you know what? It's, it's, I'm the old guy. I need to be the one to step up because, uh, and Pence, Hey, Pence is doing it. They, they say he's the most positive guy there is telling everybody, he, everybody right now, he's telling them all they're overlooking us. I'm telling you guys, they're overlooking us. They're not giving us a shot. We're right where we want to be because this team right here can play with anybody and they have no clue who we are. And everybody's written us off, and that's great. And he's in there just building everybody's confidence. And uh, and so that you know that that's that's a that's a big deal. So Elvis Elvis is a leader, but I think he's going to be more the leader on the field and what he's doing on the field. Um, although I don't think Elvis is afraid if Odor pops up, pops out, or something, uh, get, you know, kind of pops off to go over there and straighten him out, you know, and and say something. Um, I think Elvis is feeling as a, a new dad and all of that, that he's going to be, uh, he's going to show it on the field. He's going to sh- 
do it, and then if he needs to, he'll he'll talk. But he's not going to be the first guy to speak. Man, to yeah, and you know that's always you know I remember when he was a uh, he was a rookie. I know maybe it's kind of showing my age now. Maybe I, I I'm not too old, but I'm man I'm starting to feel it. But you know back whenever Michael Young first made his move to third base, you know for this young Alex yep. Andrews is is young. I was like, man, I could be out there. This this kid with a big old smile, just a young kid, no, not a speck of hair on his face, out there playing shortstop. You know, he he almost looks the same, a little bit more hair, but you know, he's, he's a top. <laughs> he's spilled out. <laughs> he's still yeah, he's gotten a little thicker. Yeah, he's gaining a few uh, pounds, but but it's it's muscle. It's not bad pounds. He's uh, <laughs> he's just gotten mature and 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 and. You know, done yeah, that. and see, he's the type of player to lead by example. Like you said, he goes, he shows up mm-hmm. to work every day, hurt or not. I mean, last year, last right. year he dealt with injury, but he was still his presence was made. He was still there, showing the support for his team. You know, and that just goes to show what type of players Elvis grew up playing around. You know, the Michael Youngs of the team, the Adrian Beltres, and Elvis has had the luxury that not very many people have been able to have was to play around those type of players. You know, really, uh. I mean, just franchise-changing players. You know, Adrian Belcher was a Hall of Famer. Michael Young was the professional, was a pro's pro, really. And uh, those guys were Ironmen. They showed up every day, and that's the kind of that's the kind of player Elvis Andrews has developed into. And you see this team, you know, the 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 ability in some aspects of the game that you see them able to to excel at. And uh, one of the things I see is adapt adaptability. And uh, where I'm going with this is Isaiah Kainafalefa, one of my favorite players, you know, on the team right now. Uh, Hitting 467. Oh, 467. We're probably looking at the same page right now. The kid is uh, – this is my dark horse to really be a breakout. This could be his year because last year they kind of threw him into the fire. I mean, he he's, he's working with Jeff Mathis. Jeff Mathis has been in the league longer than – I mean, I guess I went to school. Uh <laughs> I mean, Jeff Mathis, he's a catcher as well, but he was uh, similar to IKF. Uh, he was converted from infielder to a catcher, just like Isaiah Connor Last year, he was just thrown into the fire, but now he's working with and showing the in and ins and outs because that's what you do. This yeah. catcher's group is kind of um, – it's almost perfect. It's almost a perfect storm because you, have, you right. have the veteran who's been in the exact same shoes. You have the young – you have the young – you have the kid who's willing to learn – and it seems that he's ready to learn. It seems that he's wanting to learn. And it, it's just the perfect storm for a, a player to just develop at an exponential rate. And maybe by the end of the season, we could be looking at a starting catcher for the next five years. Yeah, he's uh, he he's uh, really – he's a – boy, he's a neat tool to have in the toolbox. Uh, yeah, he, he'll, he'll probably catch – at least 60 games this year i imagine 60 to you know there's a 162 right. i'm i'm he'll he'll catch at least 60 he might even catch half of them uh you know get up to 80 i know J- mathis is really good uh the reason he's even here is because of how he calls the game uh pitchers eras are just a lot lower with mathis in there but uh counter falafa is you know not only he can play other positions yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't really want to see him have to play other positions right now. They'd like for him to 
to just be and concentrate on being a catcher, which he, he really did a lot towards the end of last year. And they told him going into offseason, you need to work on that. So the, I think the future, if they if they do what they want, the future is him and Jose Trevino um, is what they are. Now they got Mathis signed through next year, um, and and so he'll he'll be there. But you know if he's a guy that ends up, you know we'll see. When you're that age, if he can catch 80 games, he hadn't caught more than 60 in the last four or five years. But he said he's willing to catch six, uh, you know 80. Um, then we'll see. But Woodward's not gonna. Woodward's got him there to be in the ear of these young guys is what he's got. Um, and that's why, that's why he's got him here. And so, he, you know, and working those pitchers and having teaching these catchers how to, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if Mathis plays out his contract, he doesn't end up working in the organization somewhere. Um, and doing something. That, that, yeah, that's probably what I tell you what, all right, let's take a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to get into spring training news and get into the winners and losers and, and kind of talk about that. And we'll do that right after this. Hey, this is Jeff Hawkins. I'm a Texas Ranger blogger with Chris Will Clubhouse Chatter, and you're listening to Rangers Nation Podcast. All right. So spring training news. If you guys have watched, they're, they're playing right now, actually. Uh, they played two today. Uh Right now they're up on Kansas City five to two in the second game, uh, and they won. Uh, early, well, they got beat twelve to eleven. They were up the last time I saw uh, earlier today. But as far as spring training news goes, look, you know, if you're paying attention to records in spring training, you're not doing yourself a, a service. It, it, you don't you don't need to pay attention to records because about halfway through the game, all the kids come in, pitchers get thrown in at the end that aren't ready to pitch against major league players. A lot of them are getting rocked. Um, and so, you you know, you, you don't pay attention to that. It's really watch about the first five innings of every game and see what it looks like. Um, and that's where you need to you get a good feel. Now, they're starting to move guys down and out. Uh, they've already sent uh, Brock Burke, uh, Jonathan Hernandez, uh, Joe Palumbo. They've already sent them down to minor league camp. Actually, Burke, they haven't yet. Uh, it was Palumbo and uh, – and Jonathan Hernandez, they've already moved down to – and they assigned them to Frisco and moved them out of the Major League camp, which is awesome for us in the fact that we can run up there and, and watch them play. Uh, but, uh, you know, so they're, they're starting to whittle down. I think they're at 59 right now in the spring training camp, the spring training camp roster right now. And, uh, and they'll start whittling that down here in the next week or two and getting towards the end we'll really start seeing, you know uh, – the, the pitchers will be stretched out to going about four or five innings, going right out into the uh, getting ready for opening day. And so sometimes, though, you know, it's funny. I've seen these 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 coaches will do it, uh, these managers, and they'll they'll have like a minor set up to pitch, and maybe they were going to play the Cubs in a spring training game, and they'll tell him to go pitch in a B game back on the backfield. They don't want them to look at him uh, before the opening day when he's going to be pitching against them. Uh, and do stuff like that, but they're getting their work in. And, uh, but there's winners and losers. And I don't know if y'all look through who you think winners and losers are right now. Uh, but, uh, give me some ideas. Um, first winner out the gate, uh, JD, John Daniels. Um, reason why I say that is, uh, you kind of touched on it earlier. It's signing of Mike Miner. Um, he starts two years to go, you know, this year, next year. But he's already – I mean, he's the number one pitcher on your rotation. And you 
yep. you kind of said a little bit later, everybody's tradable. So right now you're looking at a left-handed pitcher starting, you know, opening day, and who has a chance to really make an impact for this team. Whether we make the playoffs or not, we could be looking at a potential trade piece, you know, for, you know, maybe some more pitching prospects, you know, for relief pitchers, for starting pitchers, whatever that may be, you know, whatever the need right. will be for that, you know, where, toward the trade deadline. So right now I think that was a really good signing by him. You have a pitcher under contract who's a real, I mean, really at a really affordable price. I think at only 11 million a year, I believe, maybe nine. I'm completely. Yeah, I think it, I think it is eleven. I, I don't have it in front of me, but you're right. It was a it was a three year, thirty two, thirty three million dollar deal. So, yeah, you're right. You're right around there. Still, it's cheap. Yeah, I mean, really affordable. And you know, for a team making a push, he could be easily number three, number four, number five starter, and depending on how well he's pitching, you know, everything goes like that. But but yeah, JD yeah. number one winner right now in my books. Um, what about you? What, what do you have on your mind so far? I've got a lot of them. I tell you, there's well, right now the biggest. Uh, I, I think the guy that's that that's the biggest winner right now is probably Connor Falafa. Uh, as far as where what he's done, he's hitting five twenty nine. I mean, he, if y'all ain't seen, he's two for two tonight, uh, and he's he's already raised it up to five twenty nine just in bats tonight. Cabrera is is doing good too, but. Uh, but yeah, he's so Connor Falafa is a big winner for me. I think uh, Guzman. Guzman's been a been a just a, had a really good spring. He's a, he's a big winner right now. Odor's been, you know, any when you see Odor walk three times in a game, <laughs> he's uh, gonna raise some you've got to know that you know, something's changed. It's gonna raise some eyebrows. Yeah, because I mean, they were struggling. I mean, we've seen ever since the breakout year, they they gave him money. They I mean, they put it all on the plate and they gave it to him. But you kind of seen him backslide a little bit. You've seen the big swing kind of take advantage of him and him really struggle at the yep. plate. And I, I think it happened backwards for him. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, hit that many home runs. He felt that that's the type of player he needed to be. When in reality, that's that, that can be the potential for him. But in reality, he right. needs to be more of a, I guess, a patient hitter at the plate. As we all, as we all learn – we have learned to see, learned to watch him play. We know what kind of player he is. But. Right. Well, yeah, and the and the thing is, I mean, you know, last year he was a finalist for the gold for the gold glove, and that's only because of how well he he ended up. I think he had a little bit. He he kind of fell off the very end, but he had a great year. Hey, look, Odor is a guy that can hit thirty home runs, and and can and when he's doing everything right, hit thirty home runs. But he does you. His big thing is when he hits a home run, it's how's he going to be for the next five or six times at bat because all of a sudden his eyes widen and he thinks he's got to hit a home run every time. <laughs> but, you know, taking walks and doing that, he, he's, he's done a lot of things that's very impressive uh, this offseason. And, and what they're teaching them is uh, they're, they're, what they're trying to, to let them know is, uh, is that, you know, you're more successful when you get your pitch. So even if you've got two strikes, which this team was the worst team in the major leagues with two strikes. If we were down 0-2, uh, we were the worst at, at where our average dipped. Like, we were 70 points below the next to one, and, and they're, you know, the next lowest team, and they're trying to teach them. Two strikes doesn't mean it's an out. Two strikes just means you've got to shorten up. You've got to pick your pitch. And still, don't be afraid to take third strike if it doesn't look like a strike to you. That's what – you need to look for your pitch still and get your pitch – 
And we're seeing them work a lot of counts. They're getting down 0-2, and, and they're trying to work them. And you look at – I don't mind Joey Gallo striking out. If Joey Gallo gets down 0-2 and, and when he strikes out, he's got a full count, I'm totally happy. That means he's made that pitcher throw an extra four pitches and that gets us quicker and, and you know, it makes it easier and quicker to get that pitcher out of the game where we can get to the meat. You know, a lot of times the bullpen's the meat. You know? right. If we can nibble on the appetizer, get to the meat, then we can really fulfill that need to hit the ball. Yeah, see – um, there was a there was an interview on the radio earlier on one of five point three the fan I guess shout out to them I guess but it, I, you know what actually I think they listen to us we're that good anyways um, <laughs> um, they had an interview with Chris Woodward and uh, something kind of a uh, some kind of a uh, stuck with me he said he said at this stage the uh, spring training you know at bats just because you strike out doesn't mean it's a failure you go up just like you right. said you can start out with the zero and two count. But the way you work it, you can work your way to a full count. You make him throw an extra four to five pitches, foul off one or two, and now all of a sudden he's in a nine-pitch at bat, and that's, I mean, five more pitches than he wanted us to pitch to you. Now that can that can right. eliminate an extra batter when instead of, say, facing Isaiah, Collette, Isaiah Kiner, he can be facing Joey Gallo next inning or, you know, no or somebody right. a much better hitter or, you know, toward the end of his, I guess – stint in the game, you know, instead of facing Mazar Gallo at 40 pitches, you could see him at 70 pitches or, you know, something in that range. But yeah, you always want to take the positive with, I mean, the negative because not every strikeout, not every pop up mentality is just like you grow, you want to grow. Yeah. You, it's like just because you lined out, it doesn't mean it's a failure at bat. You, you hit the ball solid just right at somebody. You see the pitches, right. you work the count, you do everything like that. And you say we were the one of the worst uh two strike, you know, two strike teams at the plate all of last year. And that's one of his main uh focus at the plate is it's just really working on the patience, really I guess a never ever quit mentality that Jeff Bannister actually brought to the brought to the team a while back. And uh it really stuck with me. Yeah. And that's one thing I like about Chris Woodward. And a while back you said he was an analytics guy. Um so I got a yeah. question. What, what's the, uh, I guess, what's the best part of Chris Woodward that you're looking forward to this season? You know, I think that the thing that I've found the most impressive is not necessarily what he's done, but the way the players have reacted. Um, you know, I, look, I'm a guy that, that I'm an admitted homer. I, I'm a, a Ranger <laughs> fanatic. I love the Rangers until they're mathematically eliminated. I always think they can get on a run and win the thing. Um, and so I'm that guy and I've always been that guy. So I liked, uh, Bannister, but the, when, when Bannister was fired last year, I was a little, I was like, you know, what did Bannister do to get fired? This team hasn't played well. They're young and come to find out the communication between him and the players had been lost. And a lot of the players felt like they were being told one thing and other things weren't happening, you know, and other things were happening and he had, he had lost a little bit of the dugout. And uh, I like Manny. I still love Manny. He's, he, I'm glad he got hired back with Pittsburgh. He's doing work with them again uh, and, and all of that. But so the players have – they just seem to be walking around on feathers right now with Woodward and the attitude and how Woodward tells you straight up, you know, even when he's getting on you. He, he, he tells you what you're doing wrong. 
this is how we work on it. And if he sees you're trying, he's going to be positive and get it going, but he's not going to mince it. He's not going to sugarcoat it. He'll tell you, but he'll, they're, they're going to get what they want to hear from him. He's going to tell them and exactly what they need to do and, uh, and do it with a great attitude and tell them that, Hey, you know, this is, you have it in you. You're doing this wrong. This is what you need to do, but you've got it in you. That's why we, you're still here. That's why I believe in you. And they just love him. They feel like, they feel like he's genuine. He's telling them and they're, and they're not, uh, they're not walking around uh, on eggshells wondering if he's going to be pissed or what's going to happen. He's, he's just, that's what I've enjoyed about him. And he is an analytics guy. So he, they study it. They study the, what the, what are the percentages, what, what needs to be done, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and so that's what they're trying to teach all the way through the organization. you got a better percentage here. If you can get this pitch and that pitch, this is where you, you know, a lot of film after a game, look at the film, where were you at? Where were your feet? Where were your hands getting into that pitch and all of that? That's why he got you. He, you know, he jammed you right there. You didn't open up and, you know, and, and that's all. Right. You know what? He got you, but now, you know, this is what we can do. Man. I really like, it really seems like he's uh he's gonna be a big factor for this team and really I hope everything works out with him because like you said when Benny got let go it really hurt my feelings and so man that that's yeah. this team is really young hope and like you said they, hopefully they respond they hopefully I mean like you hope they continue to respond and hopefully they continue to grow because that's what we all want to see them as such a young team want them to grow so yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, if, if you start talking winners, I think we've talked about a few. Pence has been a big winner this year. Tochi's been a winner. Um, you, you got to, uh, you know, um, you know, you said that JD was the biggest winner. I, I, I tend to agree. He's had the best offseason possibly he's had since the year that he signed Adrian Beltre for what he was trying to accomplish. Um, he's had a, an amazing year uh, doing that. But, I, you know, look, you got to consider LeClerc. Uh, winner this year he's got a four-year extension he's he's happy he's settled he's probably heard all the rumors that teams were asking about him and he feels a little more secure and he's got guaranteed money no matter where he goes and uh you know what you can sit back he was named the closer so he's going to be the closer so he's had a good he's had a good spring um and uh so he's 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 a winner and then when you get into your losers um you know one of one of the losers i gotta go was my guy He's got to get it going, man, and that's wisdom. Uh, I love wisdom. I, I think he's, I think he's going to be. He's only hitting like one fifty six or something, um, and you know he's got to step up. Uh, so he, he's one of my losers right now. He's, he's going to lose that job, I believe. I've got him in there now, but uh, I think that, I think there's a chance if I were to change it right now and go back to it, he's probably out and in it right now. Is is uh, probably Matt Davidson. Mm. I like what you're thinking over here, John. You're making things a lot very interesting for this Rangers team going on right now. Well, you know, and Wisdom's got – Wisdom can go down to AAA. We've got options with him to go. The The deal with uh, with uh, Matt Davidson is, is he's here on a minor league deal. So if he's going to make the team, that means somebody has to come off the roster. And whether it's you, you move somebody to the 60-day DL uh, or you have to designate someone for assignment, you know, or something, you had your chance losing somebody. Um, but, hey, he's 
he's done what he's supposed to do, and he's he's one that's got that extra thing. He's he's pitched three scoreless relief innings last year while playing third base and playing. He hit twenty home runs last year for the White Sox, and uh, hit about two fifty, I think, or two forty eight or something. And but he had three. You know, everyone has that. Who's the guy on the team? If we're in a mop up, we're getting killed, and we got to bring a position player to pitch. Um, he actually shut him down. Uh, he's apparently got a pretty nasty slider and throws pretty hard. Uh, and they're working him. I mean, they told him you need to pitch every day. You need to be out there pitching in case you have to be an emergency relief um, for us. And so maybe if he makes the team, um, he's that eighth bullpen piece right there. Also, he's a third baseman slash, you know, bullpen piece. Uh, plays first base too so that's the way you know right now wisdom's my loser i, I don't he's got to pick it up i mean he's making me look bad. <laughs> it's all you know it's still early spring training so there's still time for him to turn it all around i think they're about halfway through the spring training i think they're arizona they're well they're spring, they're spring training yeah. league i guess uh they're about halfway through so you know i guess they got left yeah yeah. See, so about ten games. So Patrick Wisdom, eh, there's no, there's still time for him to pick it up. So, oh yeah, and there, there's you know, there's no guarantee uh, that that he won't pick it up. He, he's still too. There's players that don't have spring, and then they'll get in a season and be a totally different exactly. player. So you know, but but uh, right now that's who I'm looking at on the pitching side. It's got to be someone like a CD Pelham or. Somebody that really did good last year. Right now he's got a nine ERA and just last year he worked from high A all the way to the major leagues. But he's got he's only pitched three innings and he's gotten knocked around a little bit. He's young, so that's gonna happen. Yeah, we, we may see we may see Pelham, you know, a little bit, you know, toward the middle of the year, whenever injuries start to happen, you know, kind of wear and tear on these other guys and some you know, some somebody may tweak something and we could see him get another opportunity. Pelham, I really did like him. He was he, uh, like you said, he worked his way all the way up to the major. So it's never, it's yeah. never out of the question. Pelham could be a good guy to watch. He really, you know, I'm really expecting him to see him back up here in the majors, you know, later on in the year. But, but at this point, just, yeah, he's not gonna, he's, he's not gonna break, break camp with him. Uh, that's pretty obvious, yeah, pretty obvious uh, right now. But well, and you know, my other guy was Kyle Bird, and Kyle Bird's, you know, he's Jeffrey Springs is out pitching him right now. So, um, he's another one, but. That's the guy that I thought. So there, there's two that will probably change this week. If they finish the week the way they are, there's a couple that will change on that 25 prediction that I've got uh, right there. Sajic, that Connor Sajic, he's out of options. So he either makes the team or he's got to get designated for assignment. And, you know, he throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, but he throws it straight as a board. Uh, you know, you got to have the ball's got to move a little bit. He, he's had a pretty good spring. He got hit the last time out. But. Uh, man, he strikes him out as hard as he throws. Uh, so, you know, I, I'd like to see him uh, pick it up a little more because, they're, they're, look, it's going to be hard-pressed for them to keep him off the roster. Uh, but he's got to do better than he's doing right now. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, man, we've run through a lot of Rangers baseball right now, so – I yep. guess I got one more question for you. Uh, yep. Do you think there's any chance to make the playoffs? Oh, 
always. Uh, it's a long shot. Uh, but look, if they, everything look, they've got a starting rotation that if they pitch to the abilities that they have pitched before when they were healthy, could be one of the top five rotations in Major League Baseball. Now, the chances are that they are not going, there's going to be setbacks coming back from injury. Somebody's going to have a slow start to get back to where they were. Uh, but if they, they've all looked decent in spring training, but they're all capable. They're all good. Number three, number four pitchers that, you know, Smiley, uh, maybe the best of the three. Volquez has done well. Uh, Smiley's done real well. Um, you know, he's pitched five innings and got a 1.69 ERA. Uh, but, uh, you know, Miller is the one that struggled a bit, uh, uh, Shelby Miller. But, you know, they there's a chance. And then if the kids play the way they are, somebody was asked the other day, so let's say we go to the trade deadline and the Rangers are actually, you know, in definitely, you know, the top wild card team and actually either the wild card team or they're in first place in the West going into the trade deadline. Do they try to add a piece? And, you know, I heard him ask that to, to uh, Evan Grant. And uh, my thought was what Evan Grant said. So I'd like to think Evan Grant was channeling me at the time. But, <laughs> uh, but you, don't, you don't stop what you're doing. Um, if you're rebuilding for the future and they're doing better than you expect, you're not going to go trade any of your assets right now to better the team. Now, unless you make a trade to improve the team and it's somebody that comes over that's locked up for the next three or four years. Um, that's what you do, but you're not going to go take a prospect and drop them on somebody for, to grab somebody that's a free agent at the end of the year. You're not going to do that. Not, not, not because we don't have, you know, look right now, Joey Gallo and Mazzara and uh, Calhoun and them, they're playing right now to, at the end of this year, it's going to be major decisions made, whether they get extended, they get offered extensions or whether they go arbitration, or whether they get moved. They're going to know this year whether that's part of the future and because they're going to sink or swim with those, you know, those three or four guys. We know Elvis is going to be here. Uh, you know, we, we know Connor Falafa is going to be here. We know um, that we've got minor for next year, but they're, we've got these young kids that are going to be pitching in there by the, end of, by the end of the year. They'll probably be up here pitching, and they're going to know what we've got going into next year. And if we're further behind, some of these guys will get moved. Uh, if not, I really think, you know, if they're all playing and hitting on all cylinders, heck yeah, heck yeah, they could be, they could compete for. Uh, I think the best they would compete for would be for a wild card. I don't think they can catch the Astros. Nah, I completely agree. And speaking about the Astros, I'm playing. We'll say that for another show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? what? What we need to do now. So, you know, I need to come on sometime when you guys get on that Texas Power Most Hour. Definitely. And, and come on and because I got questions. In fact, I'll ask you one today. I know this is the Ranger deal, but I'll ask you guys one that y'all can tell me about because I'm, I am a Cowboy fan. I'm not as in-depth with the Cowboys as you guys are. So I hear y'all on the, when I – y'all did the live show during the playoffs and some of the stuff y'all were rattling out there, I was like, holy crap, these guys study these guys like I study the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, we and so, keep up with but, you on that end. <laughs> so my my question is since we got you we're going to get a texas power hour question in here before we get out of here so i gotta know the free eight you know they, the, the cowboys haven't been active free agent wise I, you know of course we got what's his name's coming back the old man but you know we keep hearing they're going to go for a free safety um 
who are they going for? What are they going to do? You know what? I mean, for the most part, everybody wants to think that Earl Thomas is the big name floating out there. Obviously, being from Dallas, playing at UT, it all leads to the fact that them coming here to Texas with the Dallas Cowboys. However, in in the NFL, there's a cap space, and that's one thing they'll be. So with that cap space being the way it is for the Cowboys, right now, there's even though there is room for Earl Thomas, at the same time, there's not because there's too many other players on this current roster that also need to get paid. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, like I said. Yeah, you got guys probably got to be extended. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, there's a lot of stuff that just most people think, you know what, these guys should just pay them, but it's not like the MLB where, I mean, if you have the money, just go out there and pay them. These guys have a certain amount of money they can use, and like you said, they and that with so many out there being, I'm thinking the Dallas Cowboys are going to lean more towards the draft pick. Whether What they do in free agency, I mean, for the most part, the Dallas Cowboys have been known to lay low, stay quiet, because the last time they made noise, they ended up paying big money to a guy named Brandon Carr, who ended up being about an average to below average corner. Didn't really pay off for them, and now they starting, they're more, they've become more of a team to rebuild during the draft more than free agency. So last year the safety was who, who was the main safety? Was it Byron Jones? I'm, or Xavier Woods, the second year uh, safety from Louisiana Tech. And we also have Jeff Heath, one of JC's favorite players on the team, actually. <laughs> if I was the GM, if I was the coach, I'd, he would be on a bus ride. He'd be going to spring training right now. To visit. <laughs> now, I can't agree with JC there. I have yelled at Jeff Heath a few times. Watching the <laughs> <laughs> You're in the same boat, man. You know, RDA, he loves him some of Xavier Woods and uh, – Byron Jones is actually one of those names where everybody's looking at. He's a he actually broke out this year. Not a lot of any. I don't think he had any interceptions. I don't think, but he he proved himself that he could be a shutdown corner, and uh, I think he only allowed one touchdown all season. And uh, against you know players like DeAndre Hopkins, you're talking about a uh, Odell Beckham. You're talking about Alshon Jeffrey from Philly, and then you can go down the list. Michael Thomas from the Saints. You know throughout the season. And uh, he really, he really showed up to play, and he really broke out in that sense. And um, and uh, he he's gonna be looking to get paid this year. And it, it's a matter of how much and are the will are the Cowboys willing to spend the money on him? Because obviously we have Demarcus Lawrence, Tank Lawrence, who who him two from like the same yeah. amount of money that he's wanting. And I, I just think the Cowboys are a little low-balling him. But I think at some point, the Cowboys are going to have to break because in order to win a championship, you have to spend the money. And if you're going to spend the money, you better be ready to spend it on the right players. So I expect Tank Lawrence to get signed. I expect Byron Jones to get signed. And my favorite of all, uh, Jalen Smith, the future Hall of Famer. I really do. He's good. <laughs> He's good. I like him. Jalen, so. Man, that's just kind of a couple of Dallas Cowboy free agent nuggets for you right there. And, uh, man. Well, you know what? So, what we need to do is I need to come on when you guys do a preview show. You get in touch with me. I'll get on and because I'll have some more questions. I can I can probably I can probably uh, write down 10 or 11. I could get in your guy's head and figure out what the heck's going <laughs> on. I mean, I love Luca, but I don't follow them. I watch the Mavericks. I love Luca, but, you know, I'm not a – 
I don't know enough about the Mavericks to know. I, I haven't watched. I'm, I'm, it's baseball to me. I'm, I'm it's baseball season, so I'm focused on that kind of stuff. But um, hey, I appreciate you coming on, guys. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, obviously we'll do this again and get you guys on here again. Uh, there is a chance. It's kind of strange, but there might be a chance that uh, maybe uh, a chance that CJ Nikowski is going to uh, join me. Uh, uh, y'all know Jeff. We've been trying to get Jeff on here. It turns out Jeff uh, Jeff Hawkins uh, writes for Chris Wells Clubhouse. It's another blog that does Rangers, and uh, he has been reaching out. Yeah, he's been reaching out to CJ, and uh, and CJ got back with him and said, "Yeah, let's do an interview." And then he said, "Well, you know, I'm supposed to go on this uh, podcast," and uh, he goes, "Would you mind coming on?" And CJ's like, "Well, when do you record it?" And so I I, I don't know. Maybe uh, we'll see. It's really his schedule, not ours. Right. Uh, he's the he's the color analyst for the rangers that would be a neat coup but hey you know what we'll get some interviews uh we found out today big news for dallas sports nation that we did get uh we did get credentials for the texas rangers and uh so uh jc and i are the two that they they've got that we'll be able to get out there and uh, get some tape and uh and and catch a couple of these guys and 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 talk to them and and get a little more in depth and that's going to be fun and then Hopefully, with uh, FC Dallas and, and us getting in there, that'll lead to maybe you guys able to get something for the Cowboys and uh, get out there and get some credentials for the Cowboys. Oh, and uh, if they start seeing us around. Don't, don't get RDA excited. That's <laughs> 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 right now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to – We really appreciate you having us on, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a blast, guys. Hey, look, we're gonna get together. We're gonna get to a game together and do that, and uh, and we'll uh, uh, get get you back on here for sure. We'll do, we'll do another show together. But uh, hey, I'm gonna be saving up for my questions because when that Texas Power Hour gets gets cranking again and you get on there, then I'm gonna jump on one day and uh, have my own set of questions and grill you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Maybe next time we gotta have a beer while we're doing it. Really get into it. <laughs> I have never, I have never turned down a malted beverage. It's strange. It's really weird. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll we'll catch you guys down the line. All right, sir. Have a good one. Yes, sir. You too, guys. Well, folks, I'd like to thank everyone for being a part of this one and listening to Rangers Nation's podcast on Dallas Sports Nation. Once again, you can find us at DALsportsNation.com for all of those that have been a part of this one. Until we see you next time, like I always say, nerd out!